the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. On many levels, big summit day, big showdown between Wooten, Toot, and Putin at bareback, bear-riding son of a gun, and uh, our very own Joe Biden, who looks like a Mayo Clinic infomercial on signs of early dementia to me. It is preposterous. It is embarrassing. And more importantly, it's, it's, it's really going to be a sign of the future as we are given just spin absolute and total spin and deflection. Now, hopefully what today, what will uh, happen after today's outburst by Joe Biden snapping at a reporter. I want you to hear this for yourself if you haven't already. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident. What the hell, what do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? You I said, said the next six I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior? The rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks. He downplayed human rights abuses. He even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? Right? You don't understand that you're in the room. And if she doesn't understand, you're never going to get the straight story from any politician, but specifically the con artist Democrat politician. She is in the wrong business. But it's nice to see that at least CNN is getting a kind of a hint of exactly what how it's going to to be if they question the feeble fascist. I, I personally think this is a wonderful sign. But in fact, Joe Biden must have been told by one of his handlers, those people he's afraid of on a daily basis, that, look, dummy, you're not supposed to upset the people who are running interference and propaganda for us. So Biden apologizes after losing temper. It took about two hours, and he apologizes to CNN's Caitlin Collins for the outburst. But what he's never going to do is apologize to the American people for his feeble, weak misunderstanding of exactly the kind of challenge that he was up against right now. I believe he said in his day when he played ball, aside from using words like sock hop and swell, he identified Vladimir Putin as a worthy adversary. Problem is, it wasn't reciprocated. Vladimir Putin does not view Joe Biden as a worthy adversary. In fact, he understands all he has to do is pretend to be in a meeting with him for less than two hours, and he can come out and tell the media one thing. Well, Joe Biden goes to another podium and yells at the media if they question, how can you be sure of anything Vladimir Putin says when he gives you nothing but lip service? Joe Biden didn't have any answers for that. But Vladimir Putin, I thought, and I think, has a brilliant, dismissive, corrupt mafia boss way of handling media. I think it's brilliant, and I think we are being outplayed as the Russians, as they used to tell those Italians in certain neighborhoods. They're playing chess. The rest of you are playing checkers. The conversation was quite destructive, and I once again understood that President Biden is an experienced statesman. Our one-on-one conversation took almost two hours. It's not 
Now, at the entire time this is going on, Rutin Tutin Putin is expanding the Russian Empire. Mother Russia is becoming stronger as it is now sending oil and coal and natural gas to other European countries that prior to the Biden administration were not buying it directly from Russia. Russia has joined an agreement and de-dollarized from numerous of its uh, numerous investments that it has. I believe the grand total was one hundred and eighty billion, which doesn't sound like a lot when you're used to losing trillions here in America. Um, He has now opening coal fire plants with China. They are opening one hundred and ten in the same time as Joe Biden is weakening our country. This must have been a wonderful day for Putin. He must have got on that jet the one that's a little smaller than Al Gore's, went back to Mother Russia just laughing the whole way. I'm guessing he had his little giraffe with him, a couple of uh, Cossack strippers, and just said, I can't believe these Americans hired this idiot. Because as Joe Biden leaves the meeting, he's going to come out and tell you everything was absolutely splendid. It all went swimmingly, and you have absolutely nothing to worry we about. We discussed in detail the next steps our country should t- take on arms control measures, the steps we need to take to reduce the risk of unintended conflict. And I'm pleased that you agreed today to launch a bilateral strategic stability dialogue. What the hell does that mean? A bilateral strategic dialogue. So that means we're just going to we've agreed that we're going to do a lot of talking through a lot of bureaucrats. You accomplished absolutely zero, zero, nothing. You accomplished nothing. And in fact, what you did is show show Putin just how weak and worthless you are and how easy it is going to be for the next four years for Vladimir Putin to do whatever the hell he wants, mainly strengthen Mother Russia. Diplomatic speak for saying get our military experts and our, our our diplomats together to work on a mechanism that can lead to control of new and dangerous and sophisticated weapons that are coming. On- See, this is, this is what I meant by the Mayo Clinic. He can't enunciate the words. Do you think that Vladimir Putin missed this? You think Vladimir Putin missed this as he told him basically what we're going to do is send more bureaucrats to do more lip service the whole time, checking nothing, verifying nothing. We have no leverage whatsoever. There are no sanctions anymore. You have now completed something that was a goal of yours for 35 years that was held at bay only by policy and sanctions by the Trump administration that was put on. On the scene now. That reduced the times of response, that raised the prospects of accidental war. Accidental and war? And we went into some detail of what those weapon systems were. Another area we spent a great deal of time on was cyber and cybersecurity. I talked about the proposition that certain critical infrastructure should be off limits to attack. So you, in essence, gave a list of infrastructure that should be off limits, and he said, okay. Is that how this meeting went? I mean, this is truly like discussing things within a nine-year-old, maybe an eight-year-old. This is clearly a CPS grad. Biden must have went to the CPS in some level. You gave him the infrastructure that is off limits. And he said, yeah, okay, I'm not going to touch. I mean, you have to be a child. Period. By cyber or any other means, I gave them a list. A list? If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, 16 specific entities. Oh, good thing it wasn't 17. We'd have really been in trouble. So you gave them 16 infrastructure, crucial, crucial assets of America to not send, not, not send their guys after for cyber attack. Are you, are you kidding me? Now, this is why Donald Trump got elected. When he would come out and say, these politicians are morons, they're stupid They don't know how to negotiate. They don't know how to accomplish anything because you know what? Joe Biden is just as important after that meeting as he was before the meeting. Because one thing that Joe Biden represents and the Democrats in total is that there are no standards, no bars of achievement. There is no failure too great for them to lose any of their voters. This is preposterous to me. And it should have been avoided. You gave him a list of 16 crucial infrastructure not to attack. You're a child. 
which explains the diaper and the rattle and the rice pudding. 16 defined as critical infrastructure under U.S. policy. Are you kidding me? From the energy sector to our water systems. Of course, the principle is one thing. It has to be backed up by practice. Responsible countries need to take action against criminals who conduct ransomware activities on their territory. So we agreed to task experts in both our both our countries to work on specific understandings about what's off limits and to follow up on specific cases that originate in other countries in either of our countries. So I can't remember, what was the name of that post-apocalyptic movie with Danzel Washington where he's walking around with uh, the Braille Bible? Because that's our future. Book of Eli. Thank you very much, Mr. Callahan. Book of Eli. That's our future. This idiot just gave him 16 crucial infrastructures. Please don't attack it, Vlad. Please, I promise. Please, we'll be good. We'll pay the money. We'll lift the sanctions. We'll make sure you make a lot of money. Please, please. Can you even believe that this is the year 2021? And this is a politician who not only has been around and born in 1942 and survived, lived through the entire Cold War and all of our decades of angst and anguish and undermining and proxy wars, most of which Joe Biden picked the wrong side. It's as if he woke up in a home and said, where's my mommy yesterday? And you gave 16 critical things of infrastructure. Don't attack us. What's the under over on how long we're going to be attacked? Is it going to be by the weekend or do you think that they'll make it wait? Maybe it'll be something fantastic like on the 4th of July when America is supposed to celebrate its independence. 312-642-5600. How long before we're attacked is the question. Right now, the... uh Web media that is pro-Biden, pro-Marxist, pro-fascist, pro-feeble is um, pretty much saying it was a uh, no hostility and no friendship. They're glazing over the magnitude of what I view as an absolute and total failure of the entire week. It was really a shame. He should have sent somebody else, even Kamala, and it would have been an improvement. And I am dead serious. This was pathetic, a display of incompetence. It was just everything wrong with American politics was on display. And what's happening, in my opinion, is that even after this um, this snapping at a CNN reporter, I don't think it's going to be as long as most people think before the media really starts to say, what the hell did you really accomplish? You say that you didn't issue any threats. Were there any ultimatums made when it comes to ransomware? And how will you measure success, especially when it comes to these working groups on on Russian meddling and on cybersecurity? Well, it's going to be real easy. They either, for example, on on cybersecurity, are we going to work out where they take action against a ransomware criminals on Russia. Here, diapers talk about this. This is a guy that couldn't log on to his email. It's pathetic. But are, do you think even the even the propagandists are buying this in territory? They didn't do it. I don't think they planned it. So he gave them case. a pass. And are they going to act? We'll find out. Will we commit? What can we commit to act in terms of anything affecting violating international norms that negatively affects Russia. What are we going to agree to do? And so I, I, I think we have real opportunities to... I mean, you have to be such an in-the-bag recipient of so much government cheese that you think this is normal for an American president to speak in this fashion. I, I, I'm sorry, it's pathetic. It's absolutely and totally pathetic. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing today? I'm all right. I mean, uh, a little more aggravated every day. Every time I have to see just the kind of the kind of lowlife, the kind of incompetent boob and fraud that these uh, Democrats have elected to office, I'm a little more agitated. But other than that, everything's good. This guy doesn't even know what day of the week it is. He poop, probably poops in his pants. But anyway, we're going to be something's going to happen by the 4th of July because I just found out that uh, the Russians already got vessels, of sea vessels, going around the coast of Hawaii. So Putin's already testing us to see just how far he could push, push, push. They were buzzing, they've been buzzing Alaska since W. Bush was in office. Iran has recently sent ships to our to test the Panama Canal. We've got all kinds of problems going on. And in the meantime, the guys who are in charge, the people who are in charge, have identified the enemy and the greatest threat to America. It is number one. 
Number one, it is white supremacy. Number two, it is global warming. Number three, it is anybody who doesn't support Joe Biden and the American Marxists. And you want to know how it's going to end up? It ain't going to end up pretty. I could do that book of a Eli thing, though. I think I could pull it off. I don't know if I could walk, though, to California. It's a long walk. I can't read Braille. I know he was blind, but you, know, you didn't know that till the end, you know, because of the fighting. I go for a couple fights right now, especially after that. John Palatine. Hey, Sean, isn't it bad when uh, Miss Teen USA sounds more sharp as a tax than our United States president? That is an excellent point. I have heard better answers in beauty contests. I was going to say strip joints, but I don't want to incriminate myself. But absolutely agree with you. I think it is an excellent, excellent point. Yes. It's just, but, but here's the question. Do you see? I don't associate with Democrats. I mean, I may bump into some in my day, but they don't ever say anything to me. Thank God. Nor do I want to. But do you know any Democrats? No, we're surrounded by them. But do you do you think that even this? Do you think that even this is obvious enough of incompetence and failure that even Democrats are saying, "Really, what the hell is this guy doing?" No, because no failure is big enough for them. I do have the smartest audience, and I guess, you know what, you, you should finish that by look at Chicago and look at Illinois. Thank you, John, for the call. Absolutely right. There are no standards among American Marxists. James in Schomburg. Hey, I know that Pelosi is laughing harder than Putin because she's third in command. This gives her all the fuel in the long game she's been playing to get to the White House. They'll probably have Sleepy Joe yanked out. I don't think Harris will be in the seat long enough to warm it before she's in there. And I think it was part of her game. Look at you, huh? You know, I enjoy these kind of talks. I love this. I love the the conspiratorial um, future looks into the world. But this is a leap to say that Pelosi is going to be there. I think Pelosi is very satisfied being exactly what she is. She has absolutely no responsibility. She has managed to amass hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of net worth. I don't think she wants the attention. Besides that, she's starting to get a little cognitive uh, problem with the fillers and the speech as well. I'm just curious to know if the American people will lose the um, taste to have these politicians that are in their later 70s and 80s. And I mean, with no disrespect, I have family members. By the way, my family members, luckily, I had a grandmother that died with all of her marbles at 96. She never used filler words. She never had, had, had problems with enunciation of words. But we always looked out for the signs of dementia. Unfortunately, that has, I've been hoisted by my own petard, as I could see it clearly, that we have a president of the United States who has absolute and total signs of dementia. It's pathetic. To move, and I think that one of the things that I noticed when we had the larger meet is that people who are very, very well informed started thinking, you know, this this could be a real problem. Oh boy! I mean, it's it's pathetic. It's it, it's two and a half minutes of Joe Biden not saying anything. Mark Libertyville. Hey Sean. Hey, one of your previous calls. I like guess you, you don't have any Democrats as friends, and I don't either. And I'll tell you why is because I told your screener that I, I want to ask anybody to show me the difference between. Some guy with a rag on his head and an AK-47, 12,000 miles away, yelling into the camera, Allah Akbar, death to America, or half the American public here, uh, they both want the destruction of our country. Yeah, but um, the enemy, would, the would, enemy has the courage to fight you on the battlefield. We've been subverted by the the worldwide Marxist slash socialist communists that have figured out to get into positions of power to destroy the country from within. You're exactly correct. And what what happened today? What happened today was an absolute destruction of American security in the future. That's how I view this meeting. How do you? It's a disgrace. So anybody that that thinks that there's these bad guys, you know what? The people that you are standing shoulder to shoulder with when you go to a ball game, there's a 50-50 chance that these people hate your guts. Yeah. You know what? Hate everything you stand for. They hate the flag. They hate the police. They hate everything that this country stands for. I agree. You know what? So you tell me, what's the difference between the guy that uh, doesn't look like us but hates our guts or, okay. the, or the people that are standing shoulder to shoulder. An accent like and deodorant. How's that for an answer? You didn't think I could answer you, did you, Mark? An accent and deodorant. This is a good safe bet. 312-642. Mark, by the way, thanks for the call. 5,600. I've got one line open. We're going to take your calls after the break. 
Unless, of course, you're playing the game of risk like Vladimir Putin, who is uh, going for world domination. I agree with the premise of the song. One of my favorites, by the way, really. Phenomenal song. So, um, not good. Not good. But, you know, as we were on, I'm, I'm looking at Drudge Report and I'm thinking about how, how they're all pushing for this climate change in the countries that are going to overtake us both economically and by all intents and purposes militarily. And they already have overtaken us through the philosophy of Americanism, as so many American Marxists love what's going on. Um, they have a thing on Death Valley heat blast. This reminds me of how we're going to be propagandized like we have been for the last 30 years. And they've been wrong about everything. And it says Death Valley uh, hit 126. Well, I remember years ago I was reading Brian Sussman's book, Climate Gate. You know how they get that calculation? They have black asphalt in the middle of the valley, and they are taking the temperature of the asphalt. It's really quite diabolical, and that's why we're going to lose all of these conflicts to strongmen who are really interested in expanding the power of their own country as opposed to our president, who is interested in weakening our country. Terry Rogers Park. Yeah, I, I think maybe Biden uh, just pretended to, to not trust Putin, so it won't be so obvious he, uh, he's beholden to him because of previous deals he had with uh, Russian oligarchs. Why else would he give uh, Russia that pipeline deal? Now, I've been known to argue with you in the past. I'm not going to argue with you because you're 100% right. How are you going to, you know, this whole thing, this whole thing, like there's some kind of angst. First of all, he's heavily invested in Vladimir Putin's success, just like he's heavily invested in Xi Jinping, his success. So to have an idea where where Biden's going to really stand up for American principles, Biden's cashing out. I appreciate the call, Terry. His son received three and a half million dollars from the Moscow mayor. Uh, what do you think they did? Do you think they did, that Putin didn't bring that up? Step number one. Listen here, dummy. Would you like some prune juice? How about a little rice pudding? Now let's sit in here for a couple hours. We'll watch a couple episodes of Mad Men, and you could pretend to be the president of the world outside these doors. But in this room, we both know you work for me, dummy. By the way, thanks for the glasses and the glass buffalo, moron. John Piatone. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Uh. You know what? I, uh, I do my history. And uh, you remember that rascal, Nikita Khrushchev? So, are you kidding me? One of my favorite American visits of all time. Pounded on the well, desk. Told he, told, he told us that this was going to happen back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then he had this son who became an American citizen because he wanted to escape Russia. Mm-hmm. But Nikita Khrushchev told us we would rot from within. So you do. And guess what? Oh, he's 100% right. What he actually said is, I'll take you down without firing a shot. Words to that effect. You're right, exactly. But now I'm going to even, exactly. I'm going to test your history. Where is the communist capital of America? Now, what I mean by that, let me be clear so I don't trick, it's not a trick question. The most open and registered communists in this country, where did they reside since World War I? Right here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Chicago, Illinois. For those of you that yep. don't understand what here means. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. Explains so much of Illinois and Chicago's own corruption and failure, doesn't it? Yeah. There was a real tough meeting. Lasted almost two hours. Whatever movie they were watching lasted almost two hours. Joe Biden sat in the corner with rice pudding and a rattle. Jim in Naperville. That criminal uh, drill bucket Joe and his uh, cohort, Joe Biden, and his uh, POS uh, uh, president uh, sidekick, uh, Obama, back uh, in like 2015, I think it was, they exposed that they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, try to unseat Netanyahu. So when uh, today when I heard at his little news conference where he says, oh, the U.S. doesn't uh, deal with other foreign elections, you know, what you're referring to is that they contributed, the American president and the American government contributed to Netanyahu's opponent in the tune of, I believe, if I remember correctly, like $180,000. And it was a violation of, of numerous laws and agreements. But guess what happens to those people who do that, Jim, when they're Democrats? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. You didn't think I could tie in war. What is it good for? But I did, Johnny Rocket. All right. Dave in Downers Grove. Hi, Dave. Yeah, Sean, sure. let's hope the state doesn't cut me off this time like last night. Did I cut you anyways, off last night? Uh, people, people think I'm crazy, but with, with, with watching Biden destroy this country, I only have one hope, 
And it's all these audits that are going on in Arizona, Georgia, possibly Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, all the fraud that it's showing, my only hope is we get the crook out of office before the end of the year. So I've heard this. And, um, I've heard this, Dave, and I'm not going to cut you off. But I heard this. But here's what I want to say to you, because to me, this is the perfect scheme. All you got to do is fraud one vote. One, I mean, one election, and you're in office. We've never had a situation. How, what does it look like? Can you imagine, though, Dave? Seriously, you tell me what it looks like. Does he show up at the White House and say, well, uh, the audits are here, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the president, so get out. In the meantime, you've had hundreds of executive orders that have completely changed the economy, the trajectory. We are in worse shape than ever. But, but aside from all that, what is the actual, I want, I want the office back? What does that look like? Chaos, total chaos. Yeah. So and you know what? I think there's eighty to ninety million people that would would love to have that chaos just to get rid of this old man and his girlfriend. Yeah, but what about all of the other Marxists that inhabit all of these positions, all of these appointments, all of these so-called supporters? He's got a fifty-two approval rating, which proving, you know, it really it could be higher. After all, we got sixty-six percent of the country is completely useless. So he's got a fifty-two percent approval rating. What's it look like to those people who are loving this guy? And you're telling me you think that that could happen in the year twenty twenty-one? Yes. All right. It would all be going, but I, I believe it could, and I'm hoping it does. I'm right. one of those crazy guys that believe in justice, and uh, so what you're really hoping for, what you're really hoping for, is hope and change. All right. Just, I just want to be <laughs> yeah, careful. See, Dave, I'm not hanging up on you. I let you even get the whole last laugh in. Bob Mount Prospect. Hey, how you doing? I just uh, this is where the oh, I don't want to use the word a terrifying situation. I, I mean, think, yeah. wherever it's going to go, if they decide he's going to step down and then we got the whole vice president thing in the Senate where it has to be a 50-50 and no breaking that, or if they try to do a 25th Amendment, that being, I'm sure you've read the 25th Amendment. I have. That's, it's, a, it's not an easy thing. It's, it's when he can appeal, all those things. It's a, it's, a, it's a tear apart the country things that are going on. As opposed to now, he, though, brother, I think that, I think that oh, what happened on election night tore the country apart. I oh, think absolutely! I, and I, on, you know, believe me, I'm on the side of he shouldn't even be in office. No, I, I agree. Know. But that that oh, no. so so to ask so this whole thing after they stole, in my opinion, stole the election, right? After they absolutely. did absolutely, then then all of a sudden the the the, the idea that you just potentially it looks like robbed seventy four million people, and you think that those people should get along with you now. You know, so no, I think that I set agree. the course for the rest of the next hundred years. This country will never be the same after that because it's an insult to the and, American people. It's, and now you've had numerous people have completely lost faith in the in the in the voter integrity system completely. You have had absolutely. you're going to have tens of millions of people say, I'm not wasting my day. So, you know, I, I don't think we should be worried too much about continuity of agreement as the country is plummeting into oh, no. economic chaos, complete bankruptcy, and now it looks like we have a, a weakening foreign policy. So it's going to be sticky, though, Bob, and I appreciate the call. i got to go to break. I went Can I make one comment, one comment about their meeting? Go ahead. Uh, today, I wonder how many pieces of artwork of hunters he brought in there for them to purchase. Just the porn videos. You know, Putin's a freak. He likes to watch that stuff in his no. Speedo. But I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. That's how I picture him, right? Little turquoise Speedo kissing that miniature giraffe. I saw that commercial. It's one of my favorite commercials. Russian oligarchs. 312-642-5600. You know, I get a lot of uh, groans and moans. I got a couple of text messages. When I talk about the idea that Republicans especially the ones that pay attention, do, do not have faith in the electoral system. Do not have faith in future voting. It, it, it's to the point where it annoys the hell out of me. Here we are sitting at a time in America when a significant percentage of America, Americans, are not entitled to their opinion on so many levels. But moreover, we all saw what happened on that night. I, I, maybe I'm hyper to it because I was doing the coverage and I'm hyper politically. And I have numerous questions. And, and to me, personally, it's a scam. The whole thing, as I go over the night repeatedly in my head, it's, it's, you, gotta, you, have to be, you almost have to be a, as big of a moron to believe that it's legitimate for these particular counties to shut down and, and reevaluate what they needed for those hours of, of, the, of election night. Then you have to be to believe that Biden was going to put up any kind of significant argument today or represent America in a way that would make Americans in general proud. You, you, you actually have to be that naive to me 
to have integrity in our voting system. And, and the reason I say that is any system, any system that cannot be audited is a system that is set up intentionally to be frauded. That's, it's, it's really quite that simple. If we, the people, can't say, well, we want to we go over it. And it can't be something easy where you have time to destroy evidence like some third world country. I had a friend of my wife's call her today, and um, she went to CVS. And she was, uh, her, her husband had bought her, she broke her arm. Her husband had bought her a wristband. And she, he, he's one of these guys, like uh, most of us, who wanted to help take care of our wives, right? Instead of knowing what to get, we buy three extra. She went to return it. She couldn't return, couldn't return it because she didn't have her ID. She didn't have her ID. She didn't take it with her as she left. She went to the bank to cash $100. You know this. If you go to the bank to cash money, I do it for the store all the time. You can't even cash money without an ID. Yet, we've got an entire political party. They wants a system that promotes fraud. They just want it. All of the thing, ballot harvesting. What the hell is ballot harvesting? The idea that in America, in the year 2021, we think it's okay for independent third parties to pick up voter ballots. Ooh, there's nothing wrong there. What could go wrong? And that now we see the Joe Biden platform. What is it? Drive it like you stole it. It's exactly what's happened on so many levels of these policies. The idea that we now are changing the fundamental basics of what contracts are between private people and employees, but moreover, the way in which government can interact with business. This is all over with now. We are in the year 2021, and it looks a lot like Europe in 1913. Now governments have unrestricted power over businesses, over private entities, over agreements between employees. You've taken the most corrupt aspect of of employment called unions. We all know what a union is. We could pretend, oh, if, you f- if it benefits you or you, you know, prevents you from working or gets you days off and nonsense pay. Okay, great. Good for you. But everybody with a pulse knows it is labor mafia. It is an extortion racket. It is corrupt. Every sector of every union, the hierarchy ends up in prison because they steal the money. In fact, that whole hierarchy exists because it extorts from both the company and the employee, the dues and all the nonsense. And what does Joe Biden do? First thing. First thing, strengthen the most corrupt aspect of labor. And all of their plans corrupt. And how do you correct it? Well, in a civilized society, you vote it out. But how do you vote it out if you've already had a system that's so corrupt, the most important office in the world? We can't correct it. And I've got guys who I'm sure are, are, are super intelligent, super successful. And they're, they're hoping, they're hoping that there's some change. And it's not going to happen, brother. I hate to tell you that. I hate to tell you that there is no Lone Ranger. They're not going to come out and say, oh, oh, we stole the election, because if they do, if they do, what does that look like? That looks like from this day forward, we will always have an election that the people can audit wide open in the light. Politicians don't want that. That's not in their best interest. That's not what keeps these aldermen in these seats, these gangsters, these these 50 thieves. We pretend they're aldermen in Chicago. That's not how they win these high powered offices. That's not how they get absolute and total control over a judicial system. So the fact that 70 percent, that's the number, 70 percent of Americans want voter ID. Simple. Just show the ID. It doesn't matter. Because the people in power don't want it. One of the main features of the voting integrity bills Republicans are introducing across the country is voter ID. According to the Democrats and the media, this is, of course, racist. In fact, it's worse than racist. It's Jim Crow on steroids. Jim Crow. And that's why you don't stand a chance. It's unfortunate. We've been overthrown. The good news is, once Vladimir Putin and the true enemies of, of, of America, who have been for 100 years, take over, I think their tax rate is lower. And I'm pretty sure they don't pretend to have elections. You just get stuck with the fascist dictators forever. So you get used to them. So there's going to be upside when Rutin Toon Putin is our president, too. 312 streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody... 
As you know, when you listen to this show, I have certain sites I really enjoy and certain reporters I really like. Jeff Mordock is one of those reporters. This guy writes more articles. It's really quite impressive. He is the now White House reporter for The Washington Times. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you doing? Very good. And to think I used to interview you when you were just the Justice Department reporter. I think this is now a relationship that's moving in the right direction. I agree. I'm moving up in the world, and um, I can't wait to see. I get my first Jen Psaki press conference tomorrow. So, oh. <laughs> You know, my little nickname for her is Pippi Liestocking. If you care to adopt it, I won't be that offended. All right? <laughs> so now maybe, I, I'll, maybe I'll address her as that tomorrow. Oh, it'll, it'll make you stand out. That's a for sure. Um, so they had the, the, uh, the so-called meeting that was a little under two hours. So I'm taking a little poll here in the office, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Do you think that they streamed a Netflix original or watched Red Dawn on Amazon Prime? What do you think? <laughs> Probably a Netflix original would be my guess. All right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of things here that are very different that nobody wants to point out, including the fact that they blocked out five hours and only seem to need two to two and a half. Uh, the other thing that I think is something I wish we're getting more attention is we didn't see at any point during this trip, whether he was with NATO, whether he's with the EU or whether he was with Putin, we did not see Biden do a press conference with a single world leader, which is really surprising because I can't recall any foreign trip by a U.S. president to another country where he did not do a joint press conference. Do you think because it's it'll be obvious at that point the difference in um, cognitive understanding and response? I think I think yeah I think it'll create quite the contrast. I mean the White House saw that to, had to see that today. Even without the dual press conferences, you had Vladimir Putin sparring with the press for over an hour, taking questions from U.S. reporters, foreign reporters, anybody who wanted to raise their hand. And then you've got uh, Biden, who I guess talked for what about twenty minutes or so. Ten of that was his opening statement, and then took I guess four questions, maybe six questions, all from U.S. reporters, including the snapping at the. CNN reporter, and I'm wondering, do you think that it's, it, there's a possibility that even the, 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 the bulk of reporters, the bulk of reporters who are ingrained Democrat promoters, do you think that there will be a certain level of incompetence and failure that we may see them reach where they just turn on him? I don't know. Um I don't know. That's a very good question. Uh, it's hard to speak for other members of the press corps um, when we could start to see them shift in direction. I sort of thought we would expect it a little earlier because I think they're very desirous to get Kamala Harris into the White House. And it would be an e- turning on him would be an easy way to accomplish that. Um, so I'm somewhat surprised we haven't seen it already. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. You know, there are some important things that we pretended Joe Biden was capable of handling on this trip, which I call, thought was sponsored by National Lampoons. But the reality is Biden really had an opportunity to reinfuse the EU and NATO with more financial commitment that the one, you know, I, I felt that Trump had a lot of very good policies. I thought there were some that I did, didn't agree with him on. But one of the major things I agreed with him on was mainly his foreign stance. And I think the bulk of Americans were very appreciative and thankful that we, the American people, stopped underwriting institutions like NATO and some of the EU financial skullduggery. And now that Biden went there, do you think that he just flipped that switch and it's all back on? Or Oh, he absolutely flipped that switch. If you look at what came out of that NATO meeting and you look at the quotes from the other world leaders, from Biden himself, it was a nonstop 24-hour Trump bashing. I don't know what they accomplished other than reminding us that Biden is not Trump. This is a new era. The United States stands committed to NATO, whereas remember Trump came and he was very combative with, with our NATO, with the NATO members. Um, but other than telling everybody, reminding everybody that Trump's no longer here and there's a new attitude in the Biden administration, I don't know what was accomplished. You look at all of the statements and there's a chance to talk about things that were agreed upon. I mean, they issued a scathing statement about China. I'm sure China's shaking in their boots over that statement. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a couple, they agreed on a... Um, on tariffs, on on airplanes. I mean, there's not a real accomplishment to point to, and everybody's speech focused on Trump bashing. 
So I don't know what that really accomplishes since the man hasn't been president now for six months, and we've got to start moving forward with agreeing on stuff and getting stuff out of NATO. And he just can't show up there and bash the former president and walk away with nothing. You know, um, there has been a movement. I think it's been mischaracterized, but for the lack of a better word, it's been called populism. Yet I heard the phrase repeated over and over by Joe Biden, phony populism. Now, what makes this rich is that Joe Biden, for the most part, if you really go back to the origins of populism, that Keynesian soiree of a socialist mix, that's his economic policy. In fact, Joe Biden spent 50 years voting on bills and promoting the ideology of this Keynesian populism. Do you think that the other world leaders are too ignorant to know the difference or that what he really meant is now America is just paying you people off again? Well, I think if you look at the other world leaders, I mean, you want to, in some of these other countries, I mean, you want to talk about phony populism. I mean, just look at the EU. It's, it's loaded with it. So I think they, um, I think they are too ignorant. I think they, they, I, I don't think they understand. I mean, you had a meeting of people to tell us about the economy. These are the same people who destroyed the economy a year ago. And now they're going to all get together and tell us all the great things they're going to do to fix the economy that was going fine until they wrecked it. Uh, it's just amazing what's happening here. It really is, Jeff. It's embarrassing to me. But what else is embarrassing is when a politician of any party, and I mean this, of any party would go to a foreign land, aside from the obvious embarrassing thing that the, the Biden administration showed was just him, he was openly bashing the Republican Party as calling it vastly diminished Constantly bashing um, at the time Trump. Do you think that the EU and the Europeans view that as something that is conducive to a strong America? Or are they, in fact, laughing at us for the paper tiger we are going to be under the feudalization of Biden? I think, um, see, I think it's interesting. I think, you know, Biden talked about how he assured uh, the world leaders that January 6th doesn't define America. But I find it hard to believe that the world leaders were really pressing him on January 6th. It was a uniquely American issue. Wherever you stand on it, it was uniquely American. And it does, 450 people have been arrested. These 450 people do not pose a security threat to other nations. I mean, they're they're people with jobs in America who... um, protested strongly here i think so for him to come out and say that this was a concern among the world leaders i have a tough time believing that i I really do because i i just don't know why why they would and then you look at what putin said today and putin pointed to that as an example of disarray and i you have to wonder if putin's feeding off of what biden's going and telling these world leaders at nato that's going to be an interesting couple of uh, a couple of years if we can still remain to be America during the, the time of the Biden administration. And uh, what I mean by that is I'm watching this Merritt Garland and uh, I've really never felt this kind of disgust for someone in, in, in that has had such a good reputation for the most part. He, he you know, I mean, I understand that uh, he's a Democrat, but for the most part, he had a decent repu- reputation. And I think the American people are finally getting a taste for exactly who this scoundrel is. And the Justice Department has outlined plans for a crackdown on domestic terrorism. But yet, as I hear him speak, as I watch him speak, I understand what he's really the innuendo is. If you speak against the Biden administration, you are then foregoing going to be deemed anti-government. That's number one. Number two, he has successfully lumped anybody who is Caucasian into the Ku Klux Klan. And now white supremacy is an innuendo that can be cast upon absolute strangers where they have to prove themselves innocent versus the government proving them guilty. Do I have it right or does it look like they're coming after a guy like me? They're coming after. I, if you, they're, well, who's going to define... You know, no, the question that I want to know that Merrick Garland didn't address is we're going to crack down on domestic terrorism. We're going to crack down on advocacy, his word, advocacy. <laughs> but who is going to define what that is? Who's going to define what constitutes white supremacism? Who's going, to, who's going to define what constitutes domestic terrorism? There's nobody, you know, who, who's in charge. And you're going to have these pointy-headed government bureaucrats and these prosecutors who've made decisions that we have questioned for years 
being responsible now for determining somebody is a domestic terrorist or somebody is a white supremacist. And it really raises concerns because you look at the Jan- – going back to January 6th, you look at some of these January 6th um, – prosecutorial cases, the Justice Department is walking back a lot of their outrageous claims. Like, you look at the zip-tie guy and his mom, where he was, I mean, the Justice Department was saying he he came there and he was going to take hostages, and he was going to do this, and he was going to do that. And then at the end, the Justice Department admits, no, we were wrong. He found them on the table, and he was trying to give them back to a Capitol Police officer. He wasn't trying to take hostages. But at that point, the damage is done. Another great example is the two gentlemen charged with assaulting Brian Sicknick, a Capitol Police officer who died of a stroke a day after the riot. Justice Department came after them. You know, they assaulted him. They beat him up. Then it was going to be they sprayed him with bear spray. I mean, keep in mind, this whole thing started. Sicknick was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. I remember. Then it became, then it became no, no, he was sprayed with bear spray, and bear spray is so dangerous. Then the Justice Department even walked that back, and at the end of the day, Brian Sicknick was sprayed with mace, which he should not have been sprayed with mace. But how have we gone, based on law enforcement and Justice Department claims, from being bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher all the way down to being sprayed with mace? And that's the concern. You look at how wrong and how outlandish some of these accusations have been against some of the Capitol rioters that the Justice Department has walked back, and you want are we going to see cases like that? The Justice Department is going to have to walk back. And at that point, it's going to be too late because the damage is already done. You, your reputation's already ruined because you've been arrested. You may have lost your job because you've been arrested. You may have had to shell out thousands of dollars of legal expenses for the Justice Department to come back and say, whoops, we're sorry, you did find those zip ties on the table. We're sorry every major news outlet in the country painted you as a psychopath hell-bent on uh, taking hostages. You can't go anywhere to get your reputation back. That's just something that the, the American government has been doing to people it's mounted against as 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 enemies since the dawn of the the power they've accumulated in my opinion unconstitutionally I am amazed that we cannot rely on law as the shield for justice we now have to fear it as the weapon of whatever party is in charge to me this is a very dark time in America well, and if you look at you know being a prosecutor in the Justice Department how do you advance how do you make a name for yourself? Prosecute you the other party. High-profile pro- high prosecutions. You take down big fish. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a guy gunning to take down big fish at all times. And maybe not big fish. Maybe a little guy. Maybe you know a guy on your street corner or a guy on my street corner. But you can find something sensationalism. That zip-tie guy, for example, he would only be facing run-of-the-mill capital charges. You know, maybe possibly charged with trespassing on uh, government property. Maybe a disorderly con- Conduct charge, something minor, but in the quest to justify the in the quest to make it uh, sensational, the quest to sort of get a name for themselves, they made it. No, no, he's got zip ties to take hostages, mm-hmm. and that's really going to be a problem here. You know, are you going to have an overzealous prosecutor wanting to advance in the DOJ is going to turn comments into white supremacy? Um, that's, you know, minor comments into what or blow it out of proportion. And that's something we've really got to be on guard for. And it doesn't seem like there's any safeguards. And I'll give you a great example is Merrick Garland prosecuted Timothy McVeigh in the Oklahoma City bombing. And we can all agree that was a terrible bombing and Timothy McVeigh deserved whatever happened to him. How many times in his speech? Did Merrick Garland mention the Oklahoma City bombing yesterday? He mentioned it several times. He mentioned it several times during his confirmation hearing. That was his big thing, and look where it got him. It's gotten him to be the attorney general. Uh His name is Jeff Mordock. He is now the White House reporter for the Washington Times. I want to tell you, Jeff, how proud I am of you, how happy I am you got this appointment. And I want you to remember... You've been lied to by uglier women when she's giving you the runaround, okay? So stay focused, stay diligent, and you keep writing and making us proud, okay? Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600 after this. Well, this country isn't the strongest anymore. It's not the richest anymore, but it's got the best music. Russians don't have music like this. And the Chinese, I don't know what the hell they're listening to. Still walking around with the silk and the dragons and whatnot. But this, we have good music, baby. Think we can get used to Russian rock? What's that sound like? You know, did you ever hear the Russians speak? It's not exactly the language of love. I don't even think that they have a romance section in Russia. I could be wrong. 
Um, I got to tell you a funny story that happened to me today. So I get a lot of crazy trolls because, as you can see, I have no toleration for fools. I do not suffer fools well, and I really can't stand American socialists and Marxists and communists. I find them despicable and not just the Oak Parkers who have the big heavy wives with the open toed shoes and no toenail polish, although I find that disgusting. So it creates a lot of emotion. So there are people out there that uh, I'm not on Twitter anymore and I don't do Facebook, but I used to laugh. They would like keep stuff I said for five years and eight years. I, I used to laugh. And then they would I would always give out the address of the Elmhurst Cigar House, 114 West Park Avenue, hoping that, you know, they would come like men and have a discussion with me and uh, see what happened. You know, I, I like a good argument. I enjoy all of that stuff. But what happens is I've gotten a lot of subscriptions to magazines. This is what they do. They're the trolls out there. Um, I get a lot of food. Sometimes they'll order food to the store and, you know, mischievous, funny stuff. That I laugh at half the time. The guys are hungry anyway. We get the pizza. I don't care. Um, so today, two health department girls show up, and it, it was terrible because the one girl was pregnant. They're young girls, and they're from the health department. And they walked in, and they had the you know, and then they walked out. And I see them standing outside looking at the store. And they walk in, and I said, "Can I help you?" You know, I, sometimes women will come in to buy cigars for their husband or boyfriend or whatever and she said well i'm embarrassed to tell you this we're from the health department we got a complaint of smoking but we didn't you know i should have looked at that you know it's a cigar house and you have a license the beauty of 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 um the cigar store is before this state went completely fascistic if you had a cigar store that was attached to another store prior to them making smoking the equivalent of um, gambling or shooting somebody or whatever the case is prior to that you are grandfathered in so i obviously am grandfathered in and i have all the ventilation and the hemp i have all those certifications so i felt bad you know the girls had to come but i my, my broader point is these these people that we are facing they don't have the standards of failure to to have judgment they hate you because you're not a communist you're not a marxist and you're not a socialist so anything they can do to disrupt or to intimidate or to abuse they do with that certain arrogant justification of how could you not be a marxist how could you not so this is the kind of thing that we're up against you're not up against people that have a bar of acceptability or failure or achievement they don't it's are you a Marxist? Then we'll put up with you no matter who you are, from Mike Madigan to Biden to all the newcomers that are going to be the same replacements for this thing. The question I have for you is, do you recognize this as a typical party dispute over nuances of policy while loving the country? Or do you recognize it for what it really is, the undermining of Americanism so that we can subjugate ourselves to foreign fascists? That's what I think this last week represents. What do you think? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. <laughs> Are you trying to call me down? Because you know I'm watching WGN News in the studio. Is that what you're trying to do? I think you're trying to maneuver me, kid. You think I'm Biden and you're Putin? You could just steer me in a direction. Next thing you know, we're eating popcorn, watching movies. It ain't going to happen, kid. I've got WGN. I got it on here in the studio. And the goal... The Gaul. Chicago activists ask police to stop overtime and solve their problems. Are you nuts? You are the leaders of the, the assault the police, the defund the police. The police are bad and the criminals are good. Now you don't like it. Why? Because you made a few headlines? I mean, the headlines that are out every single day in Chicago are absolutely despicable. Four hours. After four killed in Chicago, five more hurt in shooting. This is just neighborhood to neighborhood. The, the, the mayhem and the madness is going on. Is, is, and now you're blaming police. After, for a year and change, you've been working to disarm them. You get what you deserve in Chicago. Between the crooked politicians you love and vote for based on who they sleep with and their, and their genitalia and the corruption you tolerate along with this phony activism, well, this is the soup you made. Now eat it. Put a spoon in it and eat it.
another violent day all across Chicago as city leaders are searching for answers. Yeah, so Mayor Lightfoot now calling for federal assistance. We've got Joni live. She's got the tales. Good morning. Federal assistance. Good morning. A serious situation. Wait a minute. Can I just say, while Trump was in office, what did he say? What did he say every weekend when we read these humiliating, embarrassing ghetto numbers week in and week out? You, 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 should, you, you should call for that. We're here to help. You tell us what you want. You want the National Guard? No, no, no. She waited for him to go out of office because, after all, he was bad. Now she's going to look to this dimwit in diapers, and she's going to get the same thing. And this gun violence here in Chicago, two mass shootings in one day. It's not gun violence. This is Democrat violence. How many guns do you think are in Chicago? And how many guns do you think are in a town in, just pick any town in Texas, some obscure town in Texas or anywhere? This isn't gun violence. This is people violence, Democrat violence. Five shot and wounded in West Garfield Park. Eight people shot in Englewood, four of them dead. For a total, uh, including other shootings, eight killed, 19 wounded in Chicago on Tuesday, just one day. And the the, uh, victims include both adults. That's okay. When you go to the polls, vote Democrat. Vote Democrat. Vote genitalia. Vote Whoever you like, if they sleep with at night, whether they're grotesque or attractive, just keep voting the same way. And teenagers. The deadliest was in Englewood yesterday morning. The four people killed are Denise Mathis, Ritanya Rogers, Blake Lee, and Shermetria Williams. And four others were wounded. They were all in a house in the 6200 block of South Morgan and reportedly were asleep at the time. A two-year-old also was present but not hurt. Police know that there was an argument preceding the shooting, but the evidence they have is minimal. We have a drum magazine, which is a large... Oh, here we go. It's the magazine's fault. See, it's a drum magazine, and it's very large. It has nothing to do with the shooter. This is gun violence. Capacity uh, magazine for a gun, not a gun. Several casings inside the house. No apparent uh, forced entry inside the house. Which means uh, somebody knows something. And that shooting was in the morning. Then there was another mass shooting at 9 o'clock last night. Five people standing outside at West Monroe and Hamlin. They were shot and wounded. Four men, one woman. Police. Maybe it's white supremacists. I think it's white supremacists. After all, it's the biggest danger. White supremacists, biggest danger in these neighborhoods. See, here's the thing. Nobody's more upset about the gun being invented than me. After all, I'm descendants of Vikings. We dominated this world before guns. I still don't like them. That's just the world we live in. I wish we could go back to axes and picks. I really do. My neighborhood would still be the safest. This is about policies. This is about incompetence. This is about a climate of character that Democrats build. These, after all, are the neighborhoods with the most government influence of any other neighborhood. And we're just going to keep on doing the same thing after the same thing after the same thing. And WGN News is going to put forward some moron, moron Marxist to actually come out and blame the police who they've demonized for a year and two months. And there's going to be no outrage by the so-called reporters. See, from now on, maybe we should stop having our news from propagandists. From propaganda, talking mannequins, right? They get them on and they, they report, oh, here. Maybe we should have the news from people of actual character and conscience who can remember the very stories that are in the news. Maybe the news, if it was presented in that fashion, where the people who were being lied to refused to perpetrate another lie by calling things like this, this, this insanity and this collapse of character of the city of Chicago, gun violence. Would they have been more comfortable if they used an axe and a pick like my ancestors? Or, or do they think, are they naive enough to think it wouldn't happen? If only the gun wouldn't have been invented. And then you could get your statistics the way all Democrat countries, or countries run by Marxists, get their news. See, most of them are in stabbings and bombings. They still kill each other because it's the character of content or the content of character. Excuse me. This is just the acceptability of people who you've turned into, unfortunately, absolutely and totally hopeless and dependent on government. That's the neighborhoods like this. That's what the city of Chicago has become, unfortunately. It will continue to become. They are not going to stop it. Never.
Because this isn't about weapons. It's about character. And the city of Chicago and the American Democrat doesn't have any. Whether it's represented in an old man in diapers giving away the country and the importance of it, or the idiots at the local level that can't wait to vote for another Lori Lightfoot again. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. (laughs) Yes. Chicago Teachers Union theme song. I know, I normally, I I wasn't going to go into the Chicago thing, but, you know, when you put that on the news, it just sidetracks you, the audacity of these Marxists that have created this problem and then complain about the solve. It's just too much for me to uh, to watch. So I've got Bill here. <laughs> I don't know if I want to take it or not. Bill in Warrenville, don't swear or offend anybody. We're going to cut you off. What's up, Bill? Hey, Archie Bunker had it right. When the, uh, his little uh, daughter said that guns are evil and that people get killed killed by them, he said, would it make you feel any better, little girl, if they was pushed out of windows? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is uh, you know, but when you think about it, how successfully they have been able to f- to focus the attention on the weapon versus the very neighborhood, the very failure p- politically, and the circumstance that they have created by their own policies. It's, it's, it's a brilliant pivot, and that's, I think, why we've lost so many people to, um, to the incompetence of Democrats. You know, in Illinois and Chicago, you flee. And it's embarrassing how many people you, you, you leave. But once this ideology takes over the nation, there ain't nowhere to go, brother. So um, I agree with you. Absolutely. Archie Bunker did have some classic moments. And uh, I do remember that. In fact, one of my favorite things is when he talks about the during the Carter years, remember the hijacking? And he said, maybe we should give every passenger on a plane a gun. I thought that was kind of funny. Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate the call. But now we're going to pivot on to more Democrat failure. And I'm sorry, they don't bear all the cost. This is a lot of Republican failure, too. See, Jerome Powell, he was Trump's guy as well, never really cared for him. I know we pretend that the Federal Reserve is um, independent, but only morons believe that. Only economic illiterates do not understand that it's such a hybrid quasi-government really fraud the Federal Reserve, that um, they are the ones, and we don't know who they are, they pretend that it's made up by banks, but it's not, that have figured out how to middle and really perform an arbitrage of created money and interest paid for by everybody. In fact, the interest payments on $30 trillion, if it's it's .0001%, it's more money than most people can wrap their head around, let alone the idea that Powell would throw the entire con job of what we call our economy into turmoil by increasing the rates is ridiculous. I, I'm actually offended by so many smart capitalists out there that thought the Federal Reserve tried to kind of create a financial level or a foundation versus what it really does, which is bastardize capitalism and destroy a banking system to enslave it to its own mistakes. Powell is in the corner. He can never raise rates. The minute he does, implosion and chaos in the country. The vast majority of debt is short-term debt, which means it fluctuates greatly on any kind of interest rate move. Couple that with the fact it's corporate debt. Couple that with the fact we underwrite it, whether you want to or not. It's all a Keynesian soiree of fraud. Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen are in the corner and they don't know how to get out. All they know is they need to tax you to just make interest payments should they even think about raising them. Because you know what it is in the budget? And even the $6.2 trillion budget that the moron in diapers presented, it's 1%. That's it. That's all that's in there for interest payments, let alone paying down the debt. We're bankrupt, and they just don't know how to tell you. Inflation has come in above expectations over the last few months. But if you look behind the headline numbers, you'll see that the incoming data are, are consistent with the view that prices, the prices that are driving that higher inflation are from categories that are being directly affected by the recovery from the pandemic and the reopening of the economy. And what he doesn't know how to tell you is that those p- prices are not just driven by moronic policies that they've created, but the vast majority of consumption is being paid for by welfare. 
See, that's the pickle they're in. The vast majority of people that are buying these goods are buying it with government welfare, and they don't know how to back it out. They have no answers. What they do know is they have to pretend that they have some sense of stability, and they're going to tell you that it's not that important when inflation like gas goes up. Don't worry, it could be higher. It's higher in different countries. But what are they going to do when it starts to be the kind of inflation that no one can escape? You know, something as base, as simple as corn or milk. Our top story this hour, inflation pressures are building. National milk prices are moving higher. In addition with everything else, a gallon of milk now costing more than a gallon of fuel. Why? Why in the world would a gallon of milk cost more than a gallon of fuel? Lydia Hu joining me now with the very latest. Hi, Lydia. Hi, David. These are baby dairy cows. They will mature in about two years, and at that time, they'll start producing about eight and a half gallons of milk a day. But the cost of getting that milk from the farm to your kitchen has gone up over the past year, driven by the price of gas. Even the- Uh-oh. You see? Let's all go through Econ 101 with Marxists. It's going to be great. So when Joe Biden destroys the real strength of the country, which is energy independence in the name of phony pretend science or his agenda, the cost of every single product you need goes up because it's the baseline for life itself. Jerome Powell is playing a game of funding and fraud that they're making a tremendous amount of money on that they're going to need. Because the collapse that will come from the Marxist economy and the feudalization of our economy under the Biden administration will be so thick that even those welfare people won't be able to afford it with phony money. This is a bad predicament. Everyone says they're waiting for the collapse. They're just not recognizing the collapse. The collapse is when the vast majority of your, your money that they let you have after they tax you goes for base needs in, a, in the year 2021 in a country that was at one time the highest quality for the citizen. Now, we're only maintaining that because we're up against fascists, not because we're making money in the private economy. We're, we have legacy freedom. We don't have new freedom, and which means we don't have new prosperity. Under the Biden administration and the economics of feudalization of the Marxists, hang on to your money. You're going to need it. Disappear, evaporate, and remember, hedge for inflation. That's where the investment's going to be. It's not going to be in real growth. If you're lucky, you can offset the costs. I'll be back in 22 hours. Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shooting.